0: I'm rocking you in today with some—I think that's how you say the name—all that, and I'm all that today. I'll tell you, yeah. Yesterday afternoon we had a crash. We had a crash of the hardware, a crash of the equipment. So where was I last night? Frantically at the Apple Store getting new gear. So we're hoping—we're hoping this is gonna work fine for everybody today. And the audio's fine, the video's fine, and no more lagging. The lagging was driving me nuts, driving me absolutely nuts. I was stuttering and was st- stuck everywhere and it just wasn't working out. I succumbed to the whims of Tim Cook and my Visa, got on the old Tesla and drove on down the street and 25 minutes later, I dropped a few grand and I had a new Mac. Yep. Sure as hell wasn't planning that, but Visa's happy. So if you're a shareholder in Visa today, you know that you got some revenue from old Keith last night, bringing some revenue into uh, out of the lab and into Visa today we have a shark tanker we have anthony franco in the lab he is from mc squared looking forward to chatting with anthony coming up in a couple of minutes Tanker, we had somebody else in the shark tank i thought recently producer roland why is it escaping me maybe not but before we get into anthony we all know that we're talking about transformation we're talking about our upcoming experience that we're offering next year anthony doesn't know about this he's probably going to be hearing about this over the next couple of seconds but You guys all know we're looking for 10 people and listen, people are calling me up, they're emailing me, they're knocking on my door saying, I need to learn about this. Tell me about this experience you guys are talking about. It's the League of Business Athletes, 10 people who might want to look at changing, transforming, enhancing, doing something with their life. They're not even thinking about right now. And what is that? Maybe they're stuck. Maybe they're at a, a point in their career, they're at a point in their professional, personal life where they're looking to get to the next level and need some accountability and some help. We can do that. Nutrition plan, fitness plan, wellness plan, emotional plan, mental plan, business plan, somebody with you joining our team, the League of Business Athletes from January 1st until December 31st next year, 10 spots exclusive. Imagine the networking opportunities, the creative opportunities you're going to, you're going to have out of this and you think creative opportunities, what am I going to do creatively? I'll tell you what you're going to do creatively. You're going to climb to the top of Volcan Baru in Panama. The only place in the world you can see the Atlantic and Pacific ocean at the same time. Then you're going to make your way to Mount Pico, stay the night underneath the stars, and then climb to the top of Mount Pico in the morning. See the Atlantic coming out of, on top of this volcano, coming out of the ocean. And then you're going to make your way in September of next year to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So 12 months from now, you're going to have achieved three things right now. So if you're sitting there listening to this, I would encourage you head on down and see how you can make that work. Okay. So. What's going on, Anthony Franco? Can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, I'm just messing with you. I can hear you fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I appreciate
0: that because I'm sitting here, you know, I'm thinking, okay, is it working okay? Is it working okay? And I guess apparently it's working okay right now. So I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. It's, it's working fine. You said to me, uh, so what's this all about? I said, I think two introverts, we're going to have just a, a boring conversation about nothing today. It and sounds good to me. It sounds good to you. So where are you joining us from today,
1: Anthony? Uh, just north of Denver in a, in a town called Thornton, Colorado.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Thornton, Colorado. I, I've been to Denver number of times, so I'm in Winnipeg, Canada. So we're a two hour direct plane flight to Denver actually. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a hockey fan?
1: i, I if calling me a fan would be unfair. There's a local, there's a local uh, team called the Eagles just about a mile from my house that we go see every once in a while. They're, they're a little like a semi-pro team. That's uh, going to the games to the blast, but I, I don't really follow hockey. What's your sport? Entrepreneurship? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, like I like that. that. I follow things that are fun to follow. So right now here in Colorado, Coach Prime is is a big deal. We've gone to a couple games and and followed him at CU. That's been fun. Broncos haven't been too fun to watch lately. The Nuggets were fun to watch. So I'm a Nuggets fan now. I'm certainly a Fairweather fan.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I I love the answer for entrepreneurship. Uh, I had uh, I had a guest on a few weeks ago and we talked about hobbies and I said is. Is having a hobby in today's world, like, is, that, is that kind of like a proper term? Do people have hobbies anymore? And it's like, no, you're an, entre- sure. you're an entrepreneur. Normal, you're just-
1: normal people, people with a balanced life absolutely do. Yeah,
0: but people do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's an old term, though. Hobbies are old terms, is it not? Isn't it now called a hustle? Is it, is, I think it's the monetization of hobbying, Anthony, where it's now a hustle. Uh,
1: uh, hu- hustle is a hobby with a revenue stream.
0: Hustle. hustle is a hobby with a revenue stream okay okay, there you go there you go. A good friend of mine said to me if you're if your business is running a hundred thousand dollars a year it's a hobby if it's running a million you're now a business
1: uh, that's not fair that's not fair
0: now what? Not oh fair. is it a million is a million now the the hustle and you got to do a billion to do a business or, or are you yeah,
1: I, think, I think putting a number on it putting a number on it like that is isn't fair like, like a good living for some people is 60 grand and if you're happy at, at 60 grand and, and you're pulling that that number in. Amazing! That's awesome. And and some people, it's not about the money; it's about the building and 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 having autonomy. And and yeah, I, I wouldn't put a number on it. Let's just put it that way.
0: Great answer. That's a great answer. So let's go back to your first answer on so, so sports. So entrepreneurship is your sport, which I can appreciate. Me as well, probably. I love my hockey because I love my hope. I love my local Winnipeg hockey team. But for the most part, it's I like to competitively try to make money or try to build businesses. That's what my ambition is, it sounds like probably you're, you as well, right?
1: Yeah. Serial entrepreneur for sure. Yeah. I, I think i said it before. I, I, I think there's people that decide to become an entrepreneur. Lots of people jump out really quickly and those stick with it or are, are a little off their rocket.
0: What's a serial entrepreneur to you? Is it a proud term or I fail a lot and like sometimes like I have serial. a... Hit. What, what do you think it, it is? is. What, what's a serial entrepreneur? Because I, I could be the same thing. I have failed numerous times. I've had some hits, but... What's a serial entrepreneur to you?
1: Super just means it's, it's now your, I think it's your career. Like it's what you do. I have, I, I'm on my fifth startup. I've had four, four exited. So we, I sold them successfully. Mm-hmm. When I exit this one, I'll start another one. I'm a startup guy. I'm sure other people have different definitions, but to me, it just means it's, it's what I do.
0: I, I love that. I'm the same way. I'm a startup guy. I'm a builder. I'm a creator. I get into something. And then, so I, I sold my first business and did very well with it, ran it for a number of years after that, but recognized really what I love to do is build and start and then go to the next thing. You as well, it sounds. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. When did you recognize that you needed to sell and that you're not the best person at running the whole business?
1: When I started hiring middle managers, Mm -hmm. first there's you, right? And then there's a core leadership team and you can get to 50, 60 people on a core leadership team. And at that point, the job really requires somebody that's more tuned at managing people. And that is like taking a drill to my head. Managing people is just not, not something that I love to do. I love people, but managing people is not my strength. That's at the point where I started to lose interest and realized that I needed to exit and start something where it's exciting and scary and, and chaos. Anthony,
0: what's the difference between managing people and leading people?
1: How many business books try to draw that distinction? So for me, it's setting, leading is setting a vision and setting a pace. And and so when you talk, when I talk about core leadership, I talk about people that don't need to be managed, that can set their own goals and achieve their own, you, you give them, hey, this is your area of responsibility, and they just go and do it, right? Once you get into managing people, which is, a very valuable skill set that's about convincing for me again this is my perspective it's managing those people that can't set those hairy goals and drive themselves to achieve the goals it's the people that kind of need a little that need a, a a personal trainer for their job they need it they need to coach them through the day-to-day what did you do this week do the week daily the check-ins the, weekly check-ins, the The performance reviews, the optimizations of their job, that I would put more into management than leadership.
0: Is an organization broken if they're spending too much time managing? It would seem to me that an organization is broken if they're hiring the wrong people because they have to spend inordinate amount of hours once they've hired them to manage them.
1: You just described probably 80% of the Fortune 100. Yeah. So was there any... It would be really hard for me to say those companies are broken would we agree that
0: Elon didn't need 6,000 people that he cut off the payroll when he first bought the company? Lots of waste in corporate uh, America, uh, Anthony. Lots of waste. So
1: I think modeling your management style behind what Elon Musk does is a mistake. I have a ton of respect for him, but he's like a Steve Jobs or like he's an outlier. He is super unique Mm -hmm. and the opposite of risk averse. So in hindsight, with him leading that company and knocking off 75% of the staff. And the platform is not only sustaining, it's growing. It's a really fascinating thing to see. But could anybody other than Elon have done that? I don't know. He writes code. I mean, he's in code doing code reviews. Yes. You know, what I mean, how many CEOs do that? Very few. Huh. There's no question about that. For me,
0: it was a message to every other CEO or, or chief executive around North America, which is have some courage. You probably, you don't need all those extra people you think you need. And I'm not trying to get rid of all the human beings. It's just a bizarre conundrum because you have shareholders that want profitability. You have shareholders that want to return on their investment. And you have organizations that have tons of bureaucracy.
1: Yes. I would say that most CEOs of large organizations don't really know why their company works. Yes. I, so pulling, so starting to pull on threads. Yes. Is, is. Is dangerous because they don't know what thread is going to collapse the whole thing.
0: It's been a fascinating.
1: Do you follow Peloton, Anthony? A little bit. I, I followed them through the pandemic mm-hmm. and their rise and fall through that but I I wouldn't say that I'm actively looking at what their business is doing today.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan of the platform. I'm an active user of the platform. And because I'm an entrepreneur and I love entrepreneurship like you do in business, I I follow the business side of Peloton. And it's been fascinating to to see the rise with John Foley and flying bikes across the world because of the pandemic and thinking that was never going to end to that demise to now Barry McCarthy coming in from Netflix. And if you pay attention to Peloton, you just have to see the Netflix occasion of it as, as their model pivots, whether it's right or wrong, but it just addresses your point of do the CEOs really know what their business is all about. And they're out there pulling strings. So it's okay. Let's pull this lever. Let's pull that lever. Let's pull this lever and let's see what lever works.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and so you wind up making far less risky. Yes. decisions, And a, you can a B your way to 5% growth. Yeah. yeah. a B test your way to hundred times, 200 times growth. You can't, you have to take some big risks and you have to know those risks need to be calculated based on what you know about the entirety of your business. And when you get into businesses with 10, 20, 50,000 employees, a human being can't wrap their brain around that. So it's very difficult to make those kind of wholesale, pull the plug, rip everything out, gut it and go again. So you, you just, you could crash a fortune 100 business doing that.
0: You raise a valid point. There's no way a human being can it could have their head wrapped around a 10, 15, 20, 30,000 person business. We now have these tools that are emerging in the world, AI, large language models, these sidekicks. Does that change the role of the executive, Anthony, from your point of view, where you have this superhuman sitting next to you that can help you analyze a business with 30,000 employees in it?
1: I would say not yet. I just I was just listening this morning during working out. I was listening to the Sam Altman Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. and and Sam Altman was just saying Joe Rogan was asking him the same question: How far is AGI off, and how far is the superintelligence going to be able to run things? And and Sam seems to think we're a ways off. And I would agree with that. So we're not there yet. I think I think business analysts need to be worried about AI. The McKenzies and Accentures of the world need to be a little worried because, or things like ChatGPT and OpenAI are going to be able to analyze your business and give you some data that's really interesting that maybe an analyst couldn't. So we're going to be, CEOs are going to be more knowledgeable about what's going on in their business. But as far as running it, yeah, we're we a ways away from that.
0: As a startup guy, myself too, as a creator, has AI not just helped your life so much?
1: Yeah, without a doubt, I'm more productive. Being able uh, to create with, more with faster.
0: That. Like I, I find I can create more quicker, test it.
1: At what point so I, I'm wondering about this so, so AI is a really fascinating thing from a creator perspective because yeah. yes, it's making me more productive, but it's making millions of people more productive. Therefore, there's a lot more. There's a lot more content being created that's good, and and therefore, there's just a lot of the the threshold for quality has gotten higher because there's a lot of quality content being created. So it just it's, ha- it's causing all of us to up our game. AI is going to help us create, but, but it's going to help everybody create. It's just the, the, the tide is rising. So everybody's just going to need to get better. It's, it's a fascinating time we live in. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but from a, from a creator standpoint, I don't think our jobs have gotten easier. I think our jobs are going to get a lot harder because the bar is, is so much higher.
0: Th- that's a very good point of view it's and i find it quite fascinating anthony that we sit here and we craft our prompt to write somebody an email and then somebody takes that email to convert it to a bunch of bullet points so that they can understand what we really wanted to say when if i just would have emailed you three sentences direct without any kind of fluffery around it you would have been like right. yes keith that's the email that i want from you don't don't go and craft a bunch of goobly garp to give me a bunch of goobly garp so that i can go and get bullets out so i can summarize it it's like we we have to push our t- there's like so much content coming where we have to pull it all back again. It's it's, it's that to me in itself is a bizarre process. That's, that's what's, the,
1: what's the famous Mark Twain quote? He says, sorry, my letter's so long, I didn't have time to write a short one. Really, that's what I use Chat GPT remove content on stuff that I write. So I'll just spit out a whole bunch of not just uh stream of consciousness thoughts and then have Chat GPT help me summarize what they what it thinks is important and it becomes a co-collaborator, co-editor of the content that I... In many
0: ways, words could almost become meaningless, to your point. As, as more and more words become created, as more and more words hit, hit you know hit us everywhere we look, there's it seems like there's words, there's sentences, there's paragraphs everywhere. There's content, more content being generated anywhere. To your point, it's this idea of creating quality content so your words can stand out. The signal versus noise effect, isn't it, Anthony?
1: Yeah, content is becoming a world of creating amazing headlines, And and then the the content behind that headline is just in case they decide to click on the headline. The secondary importance of creating content is is the content itself. The headline matters more. And I think that's just going to become more and more true.
0: You mentioned a few moments ago, you were working out this morning to a podcast. We'd like to talk about working out here in the business athlete performance lab. We believe that the principles of athletics enhance the principles of business. What do you do for working out? Are you a lifter? Are you a runner? Are you a, Marathon or what do you do to take care of, uh, of a So
1: I, I I just do a whole body thing where I warm up on, on on elliptical and then I hit all muscle groups. I'll do three sets in three muscle groups at once and just go back to get some cardio up, but also lift. And then I'll do that two more times and then I'm done. So I, I try to get a workout in in 40 minutes or so. And then I'll hit the, hit the sauna after that. And that's my morning.
0: Is that non-negotiable for you, Anthony? Where it's I have to get this done for me to function as a human?
1: I, 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 want to tell you that's the case. That's the way it is. But it's not. It's like I just some days I have two little kids at home. Some days get out of the way. I, I'm running a business. So if I made it a non-negotiable, there's other things that I'd let other responsibilities that I would let fall that I can't let fall. Unfortunately, it's not.
0: So this is fascinating, and I appreciate that that honest answer because you are, I would say a, a prime person to hang out within the lab because I don't agree with you at all. I think that you're cutting your, you're cutting your children short by not thinking about going tobogganing with them when you're 75 or 80 and you're focusing too much on right now. I understand the business. I have kids myself. I, I got all the same responsibilities you have, I would suspect, but I would encourage you that I want to see Anthony around until he's 80. Eighty-five, ninety. And it's those little moments today where I, I think I, I would encourage you to find a way to make your own mirror non-negotiable.
1: And so, and maybe I misunderstood the non-negotiable piece. Like, do is it non-negotiable that I go work out? Yeah, absolutely, but not every day. Like, I got just it. Can't okay. Make it every yes, day. I understand. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it's but it's a value of of yours that you hold firmly in your life that you got to yeah, take care of. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you see the results in business.
1: Yeah. it it Like you said, it translates. Yeah. It, it it definitely translates. It not just translates in the discipline part of it and the, the routine part of it, but also just, you know, I feel better at two, at two o'clock in the afternoon. I'd still have energy when I work out and I, and, and i want to take a nap if I don't. It's counterintuitive, but that's absolutely the case for me.
0: Yeah. What kind of message are you sending your kids? Be a creator, be an entrepreneur. What do you, what do you, you know, as, as you're raising your children in a world that is, has more uncertainty than it did probably as you and I were growing up. Oh, what are you geez. telling your kids?
1: Yeah. I can't imagine what the world's going to look like when they're in their thirties. I have two young daughters mm-hmm. and there's so much running through my head right now. I want to make, I want to make sure I get out something that's, that's coherent. So the, what, what I talk, what what I encourage them to do is follow. I mean, they're young, so it's follow their passion. My, my oldest, my, my older of the young daughters is eight and, and, and her name is Ella and She's a builder like me. So she, she'll come into the she'll come into the shop. We 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 manufacture all of our own stuff. She comes in with in the shop and she'll help and she'll work and we'll build stuff together and she'll she'll pack sticky notes and, and, and markers and stuff. And and then she comes up with a new product idea. So she's just she's very entrepreneurial and a builder. And my the the younger one is that way, but she's also she's more of a creator where she likes to. She's the dancer and the colorer and that kind of stuff. And so we just, we let them find their own, their own passions. I, I I don't want to steer them into what I'm doing. I want them to, I want them to do what they want to do.
0: But our children watch it. I'm aligned with you. I have three children myself and I'm always giving them options to consider, giving them things to consider how life might be. Would, do you think you might want to go work with your hands or your feet in a blue collar type situation? Do you want to sit behind a computer at a desk? Do you want to go sell to people and give them, just keep talking to them about options
1: that's interesting yeah I, I probably don't do that enough it's a it's a great idea
0: I said to my son last summer go do some landscaping outside do you like doing that spending eight hours like in, or digging a hole in the ground and seeing that task come from here to here do you like sitting in front of a computer so I've been encouraging my kids to do that but one thing I've learned Anthony is that regardless of what you tell them it's what they observe isn't it they're, wor- they're watching dad yeah. work the hours he puts yep. in the lifestyle he lives and because what we're telling them just going in one ear or the other it's what they're observing I think yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk MC Squared. Cool. Okay. And and it's Squares, by the way. Squared. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we're a USA manufacturer. Mm-hmm. We make, so MC Squares, so, so MC Squares is a brand of, of a larger holding company. And that larger holding company is a factory. And that factory is what we call a fast factory. Uh, what that means is we, I've developed a factory that can, let me back up. 70% of consumer products fail. And so there's two responses to that. One, do a lot of market research and understand your market really in depth before you launch anything. Or launch a whole lot of products and only scale the winners. So the I built the factory to do the latter, which is we can launch 25 units of something profitably. And so... We continuously launch new products and understand what the mark, how the market receives it. And then we'll scale the winners. That's done under the brand of MC Squares, which is a, it's a, we make reusable stationery. So reusable sticky notes, calendars, notepads. We make our own markers, marker set. And then we're primarily a direct consumer business. So we're on amazon.com. It's probably more than you asked, asked me about, no, that, but that's, that, that's, that's what
0: we do. That, that's fantastic, because I wanted to segue into, from there, obviously, you had an appearance on Shark Tank. You did a deal with Kevin Larry, Kevin O'Leary, I yep. should say. You did a, what's the, a recap show in 2021. Uh, I think it was 2021, I think it was, right? Yeah. And essentially recapping how you guys have done. Now, anybody who is seeing and hearing us for the first time or are wondering... Let's get into that. How was what was that experience like getting on the tank? What was the behind the scenes experience like? A friend of mine told me that what you don't know behind the scenes is that sometimes you're cast onto the show because they go and find you and you fit the narrative. Perhaps you can share your experience uh, for those that are listening or curious about your experience.
1: Yeah, so I I think actually no matter whether or not they go find you, you go you go the way I did, which is try out a half a dozen times before you got on air. You're still cast. It's an it's a entertainment show. Mm-hmm. Actually, legally, it's a game show, believe it or not. It's regulated under the game show rules. Really? But you're still cast. They still, you know, I, I, before I went on, I knew that, you know, I watched all the Shark Tank episodes before I went on to prepare for it. And essentially, it comes down to you're cast one of three ways you're either the villain, the fool, or the hero. You're either the jerk or the right or the goofy guy or you're you're the guy they're they cheering for. And I could handle being the villain. I could obviously everybody wants to be the hero. I I was like very worried and very nervous about being cast the fool. So I probably overprepared because of that. But my experience was, yeah, I tried out a whole bunch of times, both um, online and went to their castings it's just something i wanted to have as a life experience good for you there there's no other there's no other good rationale other than i just wanted to experience what it was like and also get get the brand some 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 unbelievable coverage right so it's a, you can't buy that media you can't buy that kind of coverage it was just un, it was great for the brand and yeah so i finally was cast like they flew me out and a lot of the details behind the scenes like i'm on there and yeah i can't share I can't. I, I think I can say that they recorded me for 45, 50 minutes, which is fairly long. They edited it down. I would say I'm very disappointed. They edited edited some stuff out, and I'm very happy they edited other stuff out. So Nat, it felt like it was what it was like when I was there. And yeah, uh, working with Ke- Kevin's a character, man. He's 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 a one of a kind dude we ate the deal with Kevin and, and he's been helping us on social media and stuff. He's not really operational. I don't, we don't need, we don't need an operational person. And I don't think that's his passion anyway, but we'll, he'll broadcast stuff for us when when we have a new product announcement or when we're doing something fun with the company. What else can I share? It, it's once in a lifetime. It's indescribable being there before you're about to go on and being in front of those doors as they open up and hearing the countdown and the, the theme music, as you're walking down the hall, it's, it's it's totally indescribable.
0: I love that you said on the show you were an introvert, and then you had the nice co- yeah. you had the nice coat on, and obviously you presented yourself in a very professional, demure manner, my friend. It was uh it was
1: just fun. I was just having fun. Well, it was so tell. much fun. And you know, I can yeah. tell,
0: and I and I applaud you for that because I think not enough entrepreneurs, leaders do what you what you did, which was what the amount of exposure i can put on my back and on my shoulders if this works branding the business branding yourself it it takes me back to growing up with you know guys like sir richard branson or i'll use the name donald trump because he was he had a brand that he built and back in the early days before social it was about more of self promotion so to hear you say that, yes, I needed to get on that show and I tried and I tried and I studied it and I knew what the characters are, were of these people they were going to cast, knowing the characters they were going to cast, did you dress a certain way so that you could fit a character
1: you wanted them to portray you as? No, I was not that maniacal about it. I, I had some, ultimately, anybody that tries to be who they're not on that show, you can't, you, I'm not that clever. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think many people are that clever. You just. I just think it plays wrong, especially not having the experience of being on a show that has millions of viewers. Right. Like you don't know how you're going to, you don't know how you're going to react. So the, the, the safest place to be is yourself. So I didn't think, I didn't overly think how I was going to act on the show. I just, just make sure that you are honest. You don't get caught in the bullshit in, in trying to BS your way through something and, and just put a smile on your face and just go with it. That. That's really what I was focused on, not trying to not trying to navigate my way through who I wanted to appear as on the show. Many
0: deals get lost in diligence from be it Shark Tank, yeah. be it uh, Dragon's Den. Why did your deal not get lost in diligence? Was it because, and this is as much a tip for entrepreneurs, was it because you were so buttoned down, I's were dotted and T's were crossed? And
1: No, that's absolutely not. I think I can say this. The first thing... I did. And I recognized was what does Kevin need to see out of that deal? And I was, I kind of sat and how, how would I structure this deal if I was Kevin and set my expectations on that and then decided, okay, what am I going to be good with based on what I think Kevin's going to want? And by the way, the deal was different than what we shook on air. It did change. He put less money in, got a little less equity, but that's okay. We we, we were both really happy with the deal when, when it was struck. And I think, I you know, again, I went into it. I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs go in and said they walked away from diligence because the, the terms were onerous or they, they didn't feel this or they didn't they didn't get that. I think they just had the wrong expectations going in. And if a lot of the companies that appear on Shark Tank don't have a planned exit, So how is that, how are they supposed to get their money back? And and entrepreneurs, the the people that, the contestants that show up on the show, they don't wrap their head around the fact that this isn't a charity. Like they're not giving you $100,000 because you're a good person and you're a good company. They're giving you $100,000 because they want a million back or more. So if you don't plan, have good plans on an exit, how are they supposed to structure that deal? In a way that gets them their their return on their investment and so the deal structure from a shark is a little bit different than you would expect from a traditional investor and i saw that going in and therefore my expectations were set straight and also i was expecting it to take a long time it did so i was persistent and then we finally closed it
0: a long time i sold my business it, my diligence took about 6 months from the time we agreed to do a deal signed the LOI and all the diligence was done till I got my check what does a long time mean in that situation
1: i filmed i filmed in june we aired the following may and i closed the deal with kevin in august wow after that
0: 15 so, months
1: yeah 15 months
0: did you think any time during those fifteen months it was not going to happen, or was going to happen, or what was talk, talk? Talk to me about that process.
1: No, yeah, there, there was no like in, in my circumstance. There wasn't any surprises, right? There weren't. It just, it's just. Kevin's busy. His M and A team is are busy. It just they they looked at the deal when they got around to it. <laughs> yeah. So it was just it just. Yeah, there there wasn't like concerns or like gotchas, and they they we wanted to renegotiate the deal. Um, it's also why the deal changed because it was 15 m- months after we shook hands, we were a much bigger company, a much more mature company by that point. So it made sense that it changed. But yeah, it took it took them. The 15 months was more just basically on their time frame and their schedule than it was uh, anything that really that they needed to uncover.
0: Would it be a bit of obvious advice that is often overlooked by entrepreneurs that when you're starting something, be thinking about how you're getting out?
1: I think that's really sound advice that I've never done myself. So yeah, you should, but like you should write a business plan. Never done it. No,
0: I know. I know. I know.
1: You should know who your customer is before so, you launch a product. So let's pause. For I'm going to interrupt you. Let's
0: pause. So <laughs> yeah, you know, you've started you've started a ton of businesses and you've sold them. I I've started businesses and I've sold them, yet professors and business books and business people talking to you today say write the business plan.
1: Why? For the SBA, if you want to get an SBA loan. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a bootstrapper
0: or are you a funder? Have you been raised money or do you bootstrap things I've done, yourself? I've done do both. both? Yeah. I've what, done both. What do you prefer? Yeah.
1: It just depends on the type of the business. So yeah. the, the company that I'm in now, we've raised capital for, Beyond Kevin O'Leary, yes, because it's a factory. It's really capital intensive. Yes, yes. And it's in a market that isn't is with has really large players in it. So I think it just dep- I think the answer is it depends. Not all businesses need equity capital, and it also depends on on. The news and the, and the headlines all go to these large unicorn businesses, but a ten million dollar business is a really comfortable business. Mm-hmm. You can have a very great life behind a ten million dollar business, if, and especially if you own it outright. And it can be boring. It could be you could be making gaskets. From the outside perspective, it could be boring. It could you could be there's I don't know how many businesses in my area they they make boxes, cardboard boxes, shipping boxes. That's all they do a $25 million business. Another company on the road, they make foam. They, they don't even make foam. They, distrib- they buy foam from somebody and then distribute it to other people. And that's a really big business. So it t- it, and, and not really capital intensive based on the way they manage their cash flow. So it just, I, I'm over answering the question. I think it really just depends on the type of business you're going to run, the type of life that you want, and what you want to accomplish.
0: As, a, as an entrepreneur, as a startup guy, What's your opinion of the the future of of creators and this the creator economy that we talked we touched upon this a little bit earlier, but from the business side, Anthony, about you know how anybody themselves can go build themselves a one two three five ten million dollar business it's clear to me in today's world when you're starting a business you're essentially starting a media company
1: God, I so don't want that to be true but it is <laughs> though isn't it? It, it, it it is so while you're thinking I, about that I, I want, look, I want to, try to I want to try to navigate that around that and not make it not be true, but it really is. Like, you're right, it being, being astute in, in media and social is a requirement. It's, it's, it is a requirement.
0: It's distribution. I had, this, I had a great conversation with Brian Clayton, the guy that took 20 bucks on a lawnmower and turned it into a $25 million business, sold it, and then did it again. And we talked about this exact concept that, you know, first-time founders figure out the product. Second-time founders recognize you need the distribution. distribution the product will come along it's like saying okay i need a community of people i need somebody to pay attention to my message i need to build that tribe that message and then once i have them building my believing in my message and believing what i'm talking about now go introduce products to them and that so if you think about the last 10 years it's been the influencer world right it's it's you're measured on how you're influencing and then advertisers come chase you where i think we're pivoting to a world where it's okay i like the stuff anthony's doing i like his knowledge his what he's contributing if you can go find five or 10,000 people in your tribe that give you three or $5 a month, you got yourself a nice little business there over time.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, it's, that's just, you're getting down to the, the the type of business.
0: Difficult for yours, I would imagine. And then factory manufacturing yeah. business, I don't know. Although I could flip it on well, its head. Well,
1: and... We're selling consumer products and, and our main channel is still Amazon. Yes. Um, so our distribution is Amazon. And, and in that circumstance, it's, it's essentially shelf space, like digital shelf space. Yes, that, exactly. That, that matters the most, which is media buying and understanding organic, trying to decipher the organic algorithm that Amazon has in the background. Yeah, it, so I would agree with you that a great product w- without distribution is who cares? Nobody, no, nobody can find it.
0: Nobody can find it. But
1: but do you have to be an influencer? Does your company need to have a social presence? There's still a lot of old school distribution channels and ways of selling that don't involve, that still don't even involve the internet. I have a good friend that has a really good business that is, they sell welding robots. And they are the leader in the space by far. Almost no social media presence. They just go to trade shows and people find their stuff. And it's the it's still the old school blocking tackling of sales. So mm-hmm. again, I the 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 easy answer is it depends. It just depends on the kind of business that you're in. And and I'm certain that that in, media and influence will eventually have a role in his business. But right now, he doesn't need it. He has plenty of business without doing any of it.
0: Yeah. It's, it is an interesting time we're going through with everything you can create digitally and, and as the world's, and then more fake content coming out in front of us, so you're wondering what's real, what's not real, where, where do you sit on that fence with fakery and, and the U S election 12 months down the road we're not knowing what's real, what's coming. What's w wh- where's, what's your opinion on this? Not the election, but just this inundation yeah, of yeah. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. A dangerous territory yeah, here. Yeah. Like we, I,
0: don't, I don't want to get political here. I want to talk about this yeah. idea of fake <laughs> content and
1: yeah. I, I think from a political standpoint, not taking sides. I I do think I was having this conversation yesterday with a couple of our employees over lunch and, and they're younger, right? They're they're they're, and they're just now deciphering it. And they just don't want to be involved in politics at all. And I can understand that, but I think it's a mistake. And, And the reason is it's like, just, you have to inform yourself. You have to get involved and you have to decipher what you feel is true and not true, and you have to go beyond the headlines. And it's our responsibility to do that. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. You have to go educate yourself and read things that you don't agree with. But
0: it's getting um, harder. In, it's getting harder it's, to find truth.
1: It's it, getting it, hard. It is, and it's it. You can't look to mainstream media anymore to find the truth. You're gonna get. You're gonna get an opinion. You're gonna get an opinion one way or the other, no matter who you watch. But things like this, right? Podcasts. Again, I go back to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is. Where does he sit? You, you don't know where he sits. He, he just has interesting people on. He's had, he's had Republicans. He's had mm-hmm. RFK Jr. on. He's had. And when it get, comes back to fake, and I'm, I'm getting to your question. right? You have to broaden what you're listening to and what you, what how you're educating yourself for sure. And when you see something, go. You have to verify it. And I've taken the position now, especially since the last three years, where I don't believe anything I read. I am, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if somebody says something is a, that sounds conspiratorial, I'm like, that could be true. <laughs> and then I'll go, and then I'll go look at her. Given what has happened over the last several years, I'm like, yeah, the government could do that. I can see how that could be, that could be a thing. I'm going to go dig into it. You, you, you tell me the vaccines five years ago, you tell me that vaccines are, are dangerous. I'd be like, you're a nut job. Now I'm like, maybe I should do more homework on that before I make a judgment on it. So I just, I think comes because there's agendas, there's money, there's lots of money behind it. And the same goes true for content. Like it's a, it's a, I think it's a scary time we live in, especially if you're, if your objective is to find the truth, it's very difficult to do.
0: I wake up in my fifties and I have never been more distrusting of Western media. And it, bothers me as a human being, Anthony. Cuz I grew up reading western media with my coffee and and building trust with night na- obviously now looking in my own mirror naively building trust with people and and it it, it continues to concern me. You know what really concerns me is not the 2024 election. What does the election look like in 28? Is are, are we coming upon the last human influenced fully election because we're talking about large language models now. This little device called the iPhone changed the world. What seventeen years ago? What does the world and content and fakery look like in well, in five years from now?
1: I think the last our last two presidential elections were absolutely impacted. No question. From both sides. No question. By 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 bots. Could by, we by by manipulation? No matter again. No matter where you sit. Things were withheld from the public. Things were were broadcast that weren't true. Money was spent where it shouldn't have been by people that shouldn't have been spending money in the election. Again, both sides. It's really crazy. And I don't know how I got off on that tangent. I apologize. I, you know, the problem is I'm right now I'm reading RFK's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and it's like rocked with, oh my gosh, I can't believe the government did that. I can't believe we did that. So I'm probably a little bit more like, skeptical than I normally am just because I'm in the middle of this book so I apologize if I've if I'm not meaning to offend anybody I, I really don't take sides I'm just like I'm just interested in becoming like you said more of a skeptic
0: I love your again I love your point of view because as I got on this show over the last number of weeks I'm saying to myself okay I I can see both sides of the fence so I, I'm gonna be right. like Rogan I'm not gonna sit on the red side or the blue side because you know why Anthony I want to have an honest conversation with both sides I am tired of this world where I have to go stand in my echo chamber and just hear the same stuff to make myself feel better I'm just fucking tired of it it's just enough's enough and let's go have a healthy debate let's go let's go look at you as a human being with fears and raw emotions and raw emotion and try to find a common ground where we can at least agree to disagree I know there's a lot of naivety in that I get it but the alternative right now is making me really uncomfortable.
1: It really is. I'm I'm the, I'm the same. I, I, how many times have you not said something for fear? Of being woke? Or or the opposite, or, or the being opposite. canceled. Or being canceled, yeah.
0: exactly. Ex- yes. Yeah. so again, growing up as a 50-year-old guy here who, who sees people in my era that have been canceled, and you're like,
1: really? Yeah, yeah, it's... It, and they've done it in, in people very... Prominent scientists have been canceled for saying the wrong thing. Yes. That turned out to be true. (laughs) Yes. So it's just, it's a fascinating time we live in where we are self-censoring. And therefore I go back to you just, we all have, I think we all have responsibility as citizens to listen to other sides and go do your own, go do your homework. When you read something that, that that feels good to you, go try to prove it wrong.
0: (laughs) It makes me wonder though, Anthony, if something bad has to happen in the world for us to all wake up, do we have to have a world moment for us to all wake up and say, okay, maybe we've gone too far over here. I don't know. I do know this. I do know this while you're pondering that. You've been really gracious with your time. We're past the hour. We're, uh, we're past, uh, I guess. Oh, my goodness. We're, uh, and I, I clearly could keep this conversation going with you. I've been really enjoying it. I hope you have as well. It not
1: feel like an hour, so I've been enjoying it too.
0: Good. I, I, and I hope you'll come back and do it with me again because I, I like where sure. we're going with this. I've been wanting to find people and guests that have a points of view like yourself who are like, hey, let's have an honest conversation because two introverted guys really have nothing to say. Speaking of, I got to ask you that. Where does the introvert comment come from, my friend? Because you're not an introvert.
1: No, I am. It's really interesting. So introvert and extrovert so introverts don't doesn't mean that you're not social. Yeah. It, it it goes back to how do you recharge? Yes. Do you recharge with people in a group? Or do you recharge alone? And I definitely need to just tune out to the world in order to recharge my batteries. So that's really what where introvert and extrovert comes from. And so I, I am definitely an introvert. I, I am At a party that I don't know any people, I I struggle with interacting.
0: Walking around and sticking the hand out and saying, hi, I'm Anthony. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I, I am terrible at that. Put me on a stage to talk about stuff. I'm alive. Like, that's a lot of fun.
0: I'm the same way. And I I will be honest with you, my own. It's taken me a few weeks to shed the imposter syndrome from when I first sat down at this mic four weeks ago to today. This is where I'm home. I like talking to interesting people, having some fun, being myself. And this is what it's all about. Anthony. I don't know if we covered all the topics we had on the list, but I think we had a great conversation regardless. I hope you'll come back in the lab again and join me another time. Sure, that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Uh, Stick around for a second while I say goodbye to everybody else. This is uh, Keith Bellis here live in the lab, live in the business athlete performance. I would come to you noon central time, minus 5 GMT, Monday to Friday, over on YouTube. We pop in on LinkedIn, we're over on X. You can find us everywhere. We're always inviting interesting people into the lab to talk business, athletics, performance, and all of that. And before I say goodbye, Check out the League of Business Athletes Transformation Experience 24. We're signing up people now for that experience. We'd love to have you on board. Limited space available. We'll see you all tomorrow. I'm Keith. I'm live
1: in the lab. I'm live in the business Athletes performance lab.